Jonathan Jana De Lawrence. Played through for Fuller. Fuller's beaten Larson here. And Ricardo Fuller has scored for Stoke. Ten minutes to go. And it could yet be a celebratory night in the Potteries. Hello and welcome to episode 26 of the Wizards of Drivel podcast. For the first time ever coming to you from a studio in Salford. Joining me is Chris Brummer. Hello there, we all right? I'm excellent. And also joining me is Ben Cartwright. Good afternoon. It's lovely to see both of your faces for the first time. <laughs> yeah, this nice. is this is slightly different to uh, being sat in my bedroom recording over Skype. But <laughs> I believe everything's working. When we decided to uh, do this studio podcast, we were kind of wondering what we could do the show about because we've done the Bournemouth preview and there's no Stoke game to talk about. So we just decided to take a trip down memory lane and talk about probably the highlight of my Stoke supporting life, the 2011 FA Cup run. Would you guys agree that's the uh, highlight of your Stoke yeah. lives? Yeah, definitely. I think, I think that and the Europa League campaign that followed it, which we've already done a special on, so go listen to it. Um, I think that those two seasons were probably Tony Pulis's peak with us. Um, obviously, promotion was incredible, um, but I think the whole... I, I don't think I'd ever dreamed that we would win a cup. And um, to, to uh, obviously, we didn't win it, but to get that far and... I don't know, there was... The, the 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 old cliche of the ma- the magic of the cup and it actually was it felt magic to be a Stoke fan that year I think anyway I think it has to be the number one memory as a Stoke fan in our short lives especially um, it's mad that we got into a semi final of a League Cup last season yeah, and no yeah, one even yeah. talks about that I yeah. think com- I thought about that and comparing the two seasons like even if we got knocked out obviously we went to Wembley which is is better than sort of a game at Britannia than a game at Anfield but yeah, it, it, I think the FA Cup magic just took hold of Stoke-on-Trent and, and it was, as you say, it was it was magical. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, we'll start at the beginning then. Uh, the draw for the third round of the FA Cup saw us host Cardiff City at the Britannia Stadium. A one-all draw in the first leg. Uh, Michael Chopra scoring for Cardiff after eight minutes. And then Tunchai. Yes. Remember him, Tunchai? He was... Oh. He was good. He was he? good. I yeah. liked Tunchai. He was. I don't know. I, I mean, he obviously has that cult following that a lot of Stoke fans, especially from the last few years, like remember Tunchai positively. Um, he never really did feature as we'd hoped for Tony Pulis. No. Would you say? Um, I think. I think that's the reason why he's so maybe he's yeah. so he's held in such high esteem with, with Stoke fans because Tony Pulis never really gave him that much of a chance. He's always like. Oh, he's good to show, isn't he? Because you, you'd always like, get him on! Just get him on! We've got a creative player on the bench not playing him. But in actual fact, he's purely yeah. probably knew what he was doing and he's doing nothing Pro- in training. Yeah, probably. It's interesting. I, You, you kind of feel if Tunchai had been younger and had come through to us now with Mark Hughes, mm. it might have been a completely different story and he might have been the type of player who'd who'd flourish like Arnie does at the moment. They're not, they weren't very similar players, but you, you know what I mean. Yeah. They, they had that flair and slight attitude about them that you I don't know the romantic in us always wanted to see yeah. him play and that yeah. was yeah that was the thing with Tuncha he didn't really suit Pulis's style of football which made you God, wonder no. why he bought him in the first place <laughs> but he did come up with like moments of magic oh, like yeah. his goal against Man United and that back heel uh, yes. against Man City through to Etherington which was the season before this I think um so it it was this was the January window after yeah. this. I, I believe he left us to go to Wolfsburg, was it? He, he, definitely, yeah, he went to Wolfsburg. Definitely yeah. went to Germany. Um, so, yeah, I remember feeling very kind of deflated when he'd gone because it had been like, we don't really have, ha- we didn't really have no. flair players under Tony Pulis, apart from Ricardo Fuller and Tunchai was never getting a run of games in the team. There was that awful moment at Hull where he brought him on I think Fai got sent off and then Sunshine was hooked after about 10 minutes, which made, which made, made you think, oh, God, has he played his last game yeah. for Stoke, God, you know? Yeah. Um, so a replay against a high-flying championship team saw us go to Cardiff for the second leg. Now, my 
overwhelming memory of this is watching it on S4C, the Welsh TV <laughs> channel, and having to watch it listening to Welsh commentary. Oh, wow. Which just... It's just, it's a nonsense language. Sorry, sorry, sorry to our Welsh listeners. A spectacularly bad game. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you guys remember it too well. I've tried to drain it from my memory. All I've done, I I didn't remember it. I I watched the highlights and sort of the one thing that I picked up on was the fact that Danny Drinkwater played for Cardiff. So I think that probably... That probably sort of sums it up. Oh, God. There you go. There's a bit of trivia. God, I didn't remember. God. Well, when we were saying we were going to do this podcast, I, again, I looked at the highlights and I watched the, the FA Cup DVD um, and I could remember nothing about this game. Like, it, I didn't, I'd forgotten that Walters had scored. Like, it, was, uh, <laughs> it wasn't a, a very interesting game. It went to extra time, didn't it? Yeah. It went to extra time. Uh, was... Walters scored a brace uh, just after, uh, after the full-time whistle, which was... Just, just felt a bit unnecessary that we'd had to wait this long. But uh, Pulis's team for this, this second leg, it was a very much a weakened side. Pulis, obviously, he likes to prioritise the league. And <laughs> it, it wasn't until we really got going in this competition that he, you know, played the full strength side. Uh, the team was Sorensen, Higginbottom, Collins, Fye, Shotton, Whelan, Pugh, Jow, Pennant, Fuller, Walters. Uh, Tom Saws came on and Michael Tong came on. Oh, Hear, hearing Collins there yeah, made me shudder. <laughs> God, that is there's there's and we said the same when we did the Europa League special, but there's names there that I you, you completely forget about. Like, yeah, I remember Danny Collins, but it, that is it's yeah it's, only for the wrong reasons. Yeah, like you completely forget about some of those players. Tom Saws, of what happened with Tom Saws? He went to he went to Bury. Yeah. yeah. He, Tom Saws nearly scored an absolute peach in that goal in that game as well. I, that, another thing from the highlights as well. There was a lovely Barcelona esque move, like <laughs> actual movement and passes. Obviously played out to the wing, played in, and Tom Saws blasted over the bar. But yeah, yeah, that was my moment as well to pick up from that game. And, oh, I know that we we again going back to the Europa League special that you, everyone needs to listen to clearly. But <laughs> it, it watching these highlights, it was the same thing that. I felt when watching the Europa League campaign, it was that romantic love of four four two, Pennant on one side, Etherington on the other, get it out wide, cross it in. Now obviously that didn't <laughs> didn't help forever, and it got frustrating at times. But it's nice looking back and seeing that team and that style. I can look back with it, at it now and see that it was successful for the time. And yeah, we did we did well. We have an email from Lee Hawthorne from Duck Magazine. I believe the first person to ever utilise this email that we keep trying to plug on this on this show, but we've finally got someone to email in. Uh, Lee from Duck writes, Hi, fellas, keep up the good work. Great podcast recently. Oh, Lee, stop it. <laughs> Whilst it's great to recall the ecstasy of the semi-demolition of Bolton, that's a spoiler alert, everyone, uh, and the pride in defeat in the final, I often look back on that replay at Cardiff much earlier in the tournament. TP put out a much-changed team, few Stokies travelled, and we were unfancied. John Walters was a man possessed that night. He celebrated like he'd won the World Cup for us. Without without his drive, those special Wembley memories could have been merely dreams. Now, as we were saying just before uh, we started recording that this was John Walters' season for Stoke. I believe he may have even been our top scorer, but I'm not sure on that. But the image we have of John Walters now is like a, a workhorse who... Uh, just runs up and down a lot, maybe doesn't have that much quality. He he showed quality a lot of times this season. Uh, there's the great goal in the semi-final, which we'll come on to. But there was that, that goal against Chelsea where he like ran uh, from the byline near the halfway line and then just mugged David Luiz. David Luiz, I was about to say it. 50 million. Oh, <laughs> that was one of my favourite goals of that season. Yeah. I remember it like it was yesterday. I remember just laughing just like, in the face of Chelsea. It was just like, he's still going. He's still going. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> John Walters. He, he does have a habit of scoring uh, screamers against Chelsea. Yeah. There was that one in the League Cup last season as well. Oh, gosh, yeah. He was... We, we th- This was the first season we... we yes, with yeah, us, wasn't it was. It? Um, yeah, it was... I just I just remember thinking, oh god, because because he'd come, he where did he go? He came from Ipswich, Ipswich didn't he? Yeah. And he'd come up a division. He was at, yeah. they were in the championship, and it was that whole, I don't know. 
I seem to remember people being slightly underwhelmed, slightly, yeah. by his signing. And actually, they've proven, well, he's proven to be a good player. I know we, we slag, slag him off now when he's put out right. Yeah. Um, but I think it's important to remember him. Him up top, partnered with Kenwin Jones. Yeah. Formidable partnership that, especially, in, I mean, the, the semi-final. Yeah. Oh, I know we'll get onto that suit in a bit, but no, I, yeah, he he proved himself, I think, in that season. I think he was, that was kind of, I don't know, his, his first season with us made him an instant legend and actually mm. everything since has been subsequential. I don't know. He's, he's. Yeah, <laughs> everything but, since has been subsequential. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> uh, on to the fourth round then, and we were drawn away at Wolves, and again another uh, forgettable game until late on. Uh, Robert Huth uh, opened the scoring just after eighty minutes, I believe, and then right at the death, Wolves were awarded a penalty. Now I remember watching on Soccer Saturday, just seeing they got a penalty. Bloody hell, Stoke, you know, just, it, we we use the phrase, like, typical Stoke when, like, something goes wrong, which is probably a bit harsh. I mean, how often does that actually happen? But uh, it, it felt like typical Stoke to uh, throw away uh, what would have been a good uh, cup win. Again, against a team in the championship, I believe, were they championship at this point? No, they were Premier League. No, they were Premier League, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, because we, yeah, this was the season they went down. No, it was the season after they went down. They went down 2011 12. It was the season before they went down. The season before they went down. Yeah. Is that what you said? Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, do, do you remember anything from this game aside from the, the obvious? Well, yeah, again, we were talking about it beforehand, and we, I don't have that much of a recollection of this game, to be honest with you. All that I know, again, from the highlights, is there was 24 seconds of them, which I think <laughs> just about sums up this game. Yeah. Um, but yeah, great header from Huth mm. and great save from Sorison, who, who I wanted to bring up as, as another sort of, well, yeah. not unsung hero. I was going to say unsung hero to sort of use a cliche, but he wasn't unsung because he did a fantastic job for us in that season in the mm. FA Cup and, and fair play to him. And also Thomas Sorensen's penalty-saving ability <laughs> Was just, it was bordering on ridiculous at times. <laughs> there, there was a, a run of, I don't know, did he save six out of seven penalties or something like that? He he was just incredible uh, to the point where, like, if they had a penalty against you, you'd fancy it. And when you contrast it with Begovic, whenever anyone got a penalty against Asmir Begovic, he knew it was going in. Well, that was how his career started, pretty much, Asmir yeah. Begovic, wasn't it? So that's how it continued. <laughs> He's doing uh, very well now on Chelsea's bench. <laughs> uh, on to the fifth round. And I, I don't know, when we get to the fifth round of the Cup, are, are you thinking in terms of, oh, we can get to Wembley? Because for me, I, I sort of expect Stoke to go out about this mm. round or the quarterfinal of a competition now. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think at this time, there was no expectation mm. of anything of the sort. It was... And the same with with all matches in this era. It was a case of if we there was there was no expectation. If we won it, then oh my! It was like the most incredible thing because there was no expectation. And and this match particularly, Brighton were doing well in the championship. So yeah. it was the um, it was one of those that you could slip up on, mm. and it wouldn't have been a shock. Because yes, other. Bigger teams had fallen to championship teams. Yeah, well, in our first season up, we got to the League Cup quarterfinal and then lost in the last minute to Derby. Yeah, which I think, I think just, yeah, this kind of this kind of, that may have influenced my thinking that Stoke always tend to go out around that stage of competition, and Bright, yeah, Brighton were flying high, and I think this around this point in the season we were really struggling in the league. Uh, I think everything up to the West Ham game, uh, that our form leading into that quarter final was just awful. So the cup was a welcome distraction for us. Uh, John Carew scored for us. John Carew. Mm. <laughs> no, no one to venture some opinions about John Carew. Again, it's just an, another in the line of sort of average strikers that we've had in the <laughs> Premier League era. To be honest, yeah. Who knows if Wilfred Bonny will join that list? No. 
Oh. Is that a bit harsh, you've, maybe? You've, you've jinxed it. I, I, think, I think Bonnie has as many goals as Carew already, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, I remember being quite excited when he signed on loan because he, he was like, he was a good target man for Villa and he scored that uh, an amazing goal against us in that two-all game where Whelan scored in the last minute. Carew had scored a screamer from 30 yards. <laughs> I remember I was sat in the Aston Villa end but I went to the toilet and so missed the screamer. Oh. Well, yeah, I saw, I saw Stokes two goals, so that was all right. Um, so, yeah, Brighton were quite easily swept aside 3-0. Carew, Walters and Shawcross. Mm-hmm. I think the long throw came yes. into effect. Mm-hmm. The there was, was I've that... got it down, the yeah. lap goal, dash a classic. So, there we go. <laughs> I'm in awe of how good the throw-ins were looking back at them. I think you maybe even took them for granted at this time because it just was such a massive part of how we played. But... When you consider that there's been nobody since with as good a throw-in as that, you you really have to um, have to applaud the the pre- precision and the trajectory he managed to to get on them. Mm. And even if this was our third season in the Premier League, we were still getting chances and goals from them. Yeah, I thought I actually bringing up Delap. I I just randomly saw online the other week. I've been meaning to bring it up actually, but. There was an article, sort of in the in the sort of diameters of of Delap's career at Stoke, and they were wondering whether Delap could go to the Olympics as a javelin throw. And there was like <laughs> articles about. It. I was like, how? What? <laughs> that? Oh wow! But yeah, he like the impact he had on our team, and the, the impact he had on the Premier League as a whole was just incredible. Like we've got a player that sort of he'll forever be remembered. I feel for, yeah. from yeah. that era, yes. like any football fan. Of, a, of the Premier League mm. will remember those lap throws. He, he could almost trademark it, couldn't he? The long yeah. throw will always be associated be with yeah. Rory Delap. The yeah. sort of the designed vests as well yeah, to, yeah, yeah. to dry the ball. Yeah, it's everything. like... The, 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 the advertising board, yeah, of course, the, the kicking it out for a, Bo- for a corner instead of yeah. a throw. It, it, was, it was so talked about. It was like, when we got promoted to the Premier League, it was like, oh, we're little, little old Stoke people aren't really paying that much attention yeah. to us. But then it became a huge talking point a match of the day. Like, this this guy can throw it really far. <laughs> and it's like, Cruyff turn, Makalele yeah. roll, Delap throw it. It is a trademark almost. Like, when people think of long throws, they think of Rory Delap. I, I do think that it's something that is extremely misunderstood in football because it's seen as primitive and, you know... I, yeah, you'd say the Cruyff turn, like, they're, they're almost incomparable. Arsene Wenger always said that, you know, it was it's practically illegal in football. I think the throw, it, I think it was, it's great. It's a great tactic. And you see teams try it now. Yeah. Like, and I don't remember pre-Rory Delap that happening as much. I think that he, I think it's an inno, it's innovation. I think that yeah, there, there, changed. There was Chalinor at Chamry who could take a, a really long throw. But yeah. again, they but didn't not, They didn't have the same flat tra- no. trajectory that made them as good, if not better, than yeah. a corner. Maybe someone should write a book on sort of the history of throwing and all the different <laughs> players that have been able to like throw yeah. half decently. But whenever I see a long throw in now, whenever someone tries to attempt one, Christian, I, I Christian Fuchs is the main. Uh, yeah, uh, I just laugh at them. I'm just like, oh, you haven't got what you haven't yeah. got what to laugh at. You're, you're just a pretender. Because they were they, like you say, it genuinely felt like every single time he got the ball, we'd create a chance. Yeah. Every single time, no, it no team knew how to deal with it mm. because because the trajectory of it was so flat because it was essentially like a free kick coming in. Yeah, it was. Oh. I, I I have <laughs> I I have favourite throw-ins thanks to Roy <laughs> Delap. There's you, like go on, what's your favourite throw-in? Well, you've obviously got to look at Sadibi's uh, header Sidibi, against yeah. Villa. Yes, and then I think that game kind of woke everyone up to like Roy Delap. Uh, having a long throw because it was on match of the day now and everyone was paying attention. There was the two against Arsenal in that first yeah. season as well. <laughs> Where it's just bundled yeah. in. <laughs> Olafinjana <laughs> just falling on it. That goal just cracks me it's up. So Every time it's the it. best worst goal of all time. And, and I've mentioned on the podcast before, before I live with an Arsenal fan so just like bring yeah. it up to him. I'm like, <laughs> and, and they hated it. Yeah. Arsenal hated it. It yeah. was anti-football. It was everything they yeah. despised about us. It just encapsulated into into one <laughs> set piece. Didn't Wenger like like suggest kickings would be yes, better? Yes, yes. And it, it, that was just like the the height of 
Arsenal and wasn't it ridiculousness? And wasn't it Arsenal who did move? Or was it City? Who Man moved City moved the, Man City the, moved the, the advertising board. board. I think that it, used, it, was, it was on their tour for a while. They had it on their sort of stadium tour. They'd be like, brilliant. "This is the advertising." This is the board. moment. Yeah. Isn't uh, what, so? Was it Arsenal then that van, that got rid of all towels at the side of the pitch? And that's yeah, why mate. he had the he had a towel. Yeah, then he, had to, he had to bring out the vest, the towel vest thing. <laughs> Amazing, oh, incredible. His best uh, zone uh, we decided was in line with the edge of the penalty yeah. area. Mm-hmm. That that was the peak I think, moment. I think we've realised we need to create some sort of Roy Delap special podcast. Oh yeah, in, oh, in the future. absolutely, Rory. If you're listening, come on. We want we want to have a chat with you. Um, but and also. We've we've had a good chat about throw-ins there, but Roy Delap as a man, as yeah. a as a player for us, just fantastic. I think he is a is a club legend, absolutely, and for so much more than the throw-in, for just like being part of that team that got promoted and the whole manner in which he conducted mm-hmm. himself was just everything that was good about Tony Pulis's yeah. team. Rory Delap was. I think a very very intelligent footballer. Mm. I think sometimes maybe he didn't possess the technical skills that mm. other players would have. But I think that in terms of a footballing brain, he was very very clever. Um, and as you say, what what a professional! Yeah. What a professional that he was. Um, he was make it sound like he's dead. <laughs> um, and and I'm, I'm genuinely sad that he's. Obviously, I'm happy that he's still in the football and, and he's at Derby. I wanted him to carry on at Stoke mm-hmm. and go into the backroom staff because I think he has so much that he could teach. Yeah. yeah. He, yeah. Yeah, he, he bought into the club. <laughs> yes. Because yeah. uh, the club stuck by him when he got his leg broken on his yeah. debut and then he repaid that uh, like a hundredfold. I don't think I don't think I've got a quick story about Roy Zalab that's, that's sort of building on that. I don't I don't think I've told it on the podcast. Please tell me if I'm wrong. But um, I think it was at West Ham away one time. I have told this story a lot to a lot of people, but it's about my dad. So Roy Zalab was playing. Um, I wasn't there. I, I didn't get a ticket for some reason. It was my dad and my brother. He got the pick instead of me. And. Roy Zalap kicked the ball in anger into the into the crowd with, without meaning to. I imagine yeah. sort of sort of fluffed it into the crowd and it hit my dad directly on the chest. Oh. So there was we were, we were just talking about oatcake threads. There was an oatcake thread about this this man that had been sort of hit by this ball by Delap. But it it ends up it turns out that Delap I don't know he, he either no he did know because he came out he came out mm. after the game took his top off and gave it to my dad. Oh wow! So we got a Roy Delap. Kit. And then that's next oh, next cool. home game we got, we we went to we got a pitch with like me and my brother that's, and my dad. That's cool. There you go. Bit of nice history. Yeah. With the drivel. Though. Yeah. It, it <laughs> makes a change from uh, having a dig at the team. <laughs> <laughs> having a dig at Peter Crouch. So, yeah. no. Sorry, Peter what, Crouch fans. What, I still I'm still sorry. What I would say like the the Rory Delap and actually a lot of the others. What you said they they bought into the club and there was a them uh, him Etherington. Um, Walters, I would argue, there there was so many players there who you felt mm-hmm. wanted to be at the club, and it was it 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 was more than just players. They felt like they were a, they were a, a friendship group. It was they like a band of brothers. That was it. That was it. Was like it. Sorensen, Wilkinson, yes. you can add to that list. Obviously, Shawcross. Yeah, and I think this FA Cup Higginbotham. Yeah, I think this this FA Cup run will forever mm. keep them personified. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah, so uh, back to the run. Uh, Brighton were dispatched, as we said. Um, very pleasing result. And even, right, now at this quarter-final stage, I think you were saying uh, before, Chris, that even before this game, you weren't really feeling the cup run. It hadn't really uh, ha- worked its magic on you yet. No. No, 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 it hadn't. Um, I think... Mainly because I don't know. It's one of those where it was it was a whole Tony Pulis negativity thing. I never really knew where wins were going to come from yeah. during this time. And again, the idea of us going to Wembley or having a cup run were inconceivable because in my lifetime, the only cup runs we'd been on were in like the auto windshield. Also windshield. Yeah, and <laughs> so like it. It didn't. Fit, it it wasn't until this game and mm. the aftermath that it was like, 
oh what we're going to Wembley. Yeah. Like this is this is actually quite big. Um, saying that, I was I was thinking, didn't the year after we get to the same stage before we got knocked out by Liverpool? Liverpool, yeah, at Anfield. I remember going to Anfield that season. It was, yeah, it was di- disheartening. Yes. But we, yeah, I, I remember that next season going to Anfield fully expecting us to lose and we we lost 2-1 I think Crouch mm-hmm. equalised and we, we put up a reasonable show that was the game actually that Mark Wilson yes. cut inside and uh, sent Gerard and Suarez into yeah. the advertising hoarding which is uh, one of the most iconic Stoke yes. gifts ever <laughs> the greatest um, moment of Mark Wilson's life potentially. <laughs> yeah good thing he worked on that on his uh, defensive trading um, <laughs> so yeah this West Ham quarter final absolute nerve shredding torture for the vast majority uh robert hooth headed in a rory de lap throw was it a rory de lap throw was it a corner it might be i a... think it was a, a pennant cross a pen... oh, i've you... got it down as a pennant cross okay uh, we might need to fact track that but it was uh, if robert hooth scored it was probably a header although not in the semi-final um <laughs> so yeah hooth scores early doors and then Right at the end of the first half, Pickion goes through and it's a stonewall handball. Mm-hmm. Knocks it past mm-hmm. Sorensen, sticks it in the net and unjustly it's one all. Yeah. And God, can you remember how you felt at half-time in this match? I remember just the confusion. It yeah. was just like, how on earth have they not given this, <laughs> this, this foul for us? It was incredible. I was probably almost in tears. <laughs> just like this is our chance, and we we're only going to go on to lose this match now because of Pickyon handballing yeah. it and it not getting caught. The hand of Pickyon, who knew that? that yeah, that self defeatism. It, it was just well, yeah. It was just pure hate at half time. It was just like yeah. we've got the, we've got a sniff of Wembley, and now a bit of context in the league up, up until this point we had been awful, and we'd lost three 0 at West Ham the game before, yeah, and. We just needed this just to lift us out of the doldrums, really. Mm-hmm. And so to be in a position where you're the better team and you're winning and then you concede a goal that shouldn't have been a goal just makes you think the the world is against us. And <laughs> that feeling of the world being against us like, is just like meat and drink to Tony Pulis. Mm-hmm. He, he, he just relishes like everyone not liking him because... That's what he uses to motivate his team. And uh, I dare say he may have even had a chat with the ref at half-time because <laughs> immediately after the break, Matthew Etherington goes into the box and is nudged, maybe? Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you reckon he was nudged? It, was, it wasn't the most concrete of penalties. Let's put it that way. It was... Um... I think Let's that, just use the Manchester match of the day commentator sort of line. He had to go down. There was contact. He had to go down. Yeah. I, th- I, th- I think uh, Tony Pulis did refer to the, that as a stone banker penalty, which may have been stretching it. <laughs> uh, and uh, the, uh, shout out to the Limestone Brewery in Stone, who shortly after that match released a beer because all limestone breweries beers have the word stone in their name because it's from stone in Staffordshire yeah, yeah. so they've got one called like stone the crows or whatever after this game they released one called stone banker and had Tony Pulis on the label it was brilliant that's amazing that's... I didn't know that um, so yeah uh, but Etherington stepped up mm-hmm. and and no, no. <laughs> did not did no score no he did, I mean, watching that back, he didn't look like he. I don't know. I he didn't look confident. Exactly, and I'm like, does does he want to take that penalty against mm. West Ham? I know, like, that's a bad and thought. We, but... And looking back, we had penalty takers in that side. We, we had, had Waters, Higginbottom, and he, yeah, Higginbottom. I don't think ever missed a penalty for us. Yes, uh, uh, but I think Etherington may have been the designated penalty taker. Or I mean, yeah. I think I was just going to say in the lead up to that goal as well, quickly that the Etherington nutmegs Tomkins. Oh really? Oh. Who obviously sort of got sold for quite a lot yeah, of money. Yeah, ten million quid <laughs> worth of talent to Crystal Palace yeah. about five years later, which I just think is incredible. So, not only do we have a goal that shouldn't have been a goal given against us, we we have a great chance just to retake the lead, just to cancel that out because the referee's clearly given that penalty to cancel it out, and then we miss, and then we think, oh god, and I I can't remember if after that we played really well or we were it was an even game or whatever i just remember it just being 
kind of soul sapping just thinking oh we're gonna gonna have a replay there's a full away section of West Ham fans there who will take this replay Mm -hmm. and will probably lose in London and it will just be uh, depressing but no free kick to Stoke (laughs) now I'm fairly sure what happens here is the ref moves the free kick back Mm. 10 yards due to constant encroachment on the part of the West Ham players is that not right do you disagree it is. Um, there's a handball in the wall. There's a handball in the wall. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. So it's hands. a second free kick. Yeah. Yeah. So and it was the first one wasn't even taken by Higginbotham. It was. I can't remember. It, who it, it was. It probably Huthers. I don't know. <laughs> but um, yeah. So so we had a free kick at some distance, and then we had uh, a free kick within Higginbotham range, yes. which we didn't know was a thing until this game. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, <laughs> we weren't. That's yeah, a great point. We, we weren't expecting Higginbotham no. to take free kick. It was like. Etherington, maybe you could yeah. see taking a free kick, but Higginbottom's <laughs> taking it. Um, so, things that are great about this free kick. Uh, one is the just uh, low trajectory of the strike. He's not going for a Shakiri-esque flick it over the wall kind of job. It's Danny Higginbottom. He's old school, you know. Mm-hmm. He's going to blast this as hard as he can. <laughs> the second thing that is great about this free kick, and probably the greatest thing, is what Shawcross and Hooth are doing in the wall at this point. <laughs> Shawcross and Hooth have a man each and they are just dragging them out of the way. <laughs> it's it's a bla- oh, it's two fouls for yeah. the price of one. We wouldn't get away with that. No. <laughs> Literally that was the comment I was gonna make, not just for that for that moment, probably the worst moment out of it, but the amount of times that Shawcross and Hooth have their hands all over yeah, people yeah. in this well, whole FA Cup run. Yeah. And I'm sure in the the league yeah. for those years yeah. I just got reminded of it and yeah. I'm like in the in today that just like, there is a serious, I mean, it's probably a good thing in a whole, but that season was just amazing for that. <laughs> yeah. The third thing that's great about this free kick is uh, I sit in the what is now the DPS stand at Stoke, uh, which is not the main stand, the one opposite. And I sit sort of quite central, quite some way back. And so I had a great view of this. Uh, it hits Robert Green's hand and it just barely trickles over. And you can, despite being far away, you can just see it's crossed the line, and then it, the place just exploded. <laughs> and the image of Higginbottom being mobbed, yeah. just in his, just absolute, the absolute joy in his oh, face. His celebration. Iconic, it's, genuinely yeah. iconic. Because it's, it's one of those, there is, there's no pre-rehearsed dance or anything. It is pure just, joy, jumping in the <laughs> air, like, oh, it's, it's awkward in, and beautiful at the same yeah. time it's utterly fantastic yes. um i believe west ham hit the bar towards the end of I've, this game. i've got it written down the, the ben, ben's got everything written that, down uh, that have happened after that goal went in I, i'd forgotten i mean this was just the highlights as well um two amazing saves by tommy Sorensen. this was all after the second yeah. goal one bar hit the bar and won another potential penalty that was definitely more of a penalty than what we got. <laughs> penalty. So, I've completely forgotten about that. I mean, again, another point that I wanted to bring up at some point about this run was just it reminds you how much when we had a sort of a wavering lead, how much pressure we just let, mm. on, let yeah. on ourselves every just, single yeah. time. invited it, didn't yeah. we? It was, and it was just the it same. Was just, it was, yeah. 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 So fingernails completely chewed off mm. at this point. But, oh, when the final whistle blew... Oh, what, I, I, right. when the final whistle blew, I genuinely turned to my dad and said, I love football. <laughs> it was just like, just justifies the amount of money and time and emotional investment you put into watching football when something like that happens. Mm-hmm. And Stoke were going to Wembley. Madness. <laughs> madness. Sheer madness. We'd been to Wembley 11 years prior for the auto mm-hmm. windscreen shield final. Not this, not the new Wembley though, was no, it? No, it was the no. old one. Yeah. So it was our first trip, first and well, not our only trip because <laughs> we went back, but um, yeah. Gosh. Wembley, Wembley, bloody stadium. Wembley. Um, so yeah, I think the semi-final we can kind of brush over. It's fairly forgettable, <laughs> or not. Um, just just a point about semi-finals being at Wembley. Uh, There's a big kind of. Uh, opposition to them and it's understandably so i think i think a lot of people see them as being untraditional and you should save the the major venue for the final because that's that's the grand occasion and the semi-final should be at villa park or old trafford or 
St. James's Park or wherever. But it felt right that we were there. Now, that might just be hindsight and whatever. But, <laughs> yeah. would, this match would not have been the same if it had been a 5-0 win at the Britannia. No. It wouldn't have been the same. <laughs> we just uh, noticed the lights have gone off outside. Plunged the into darkness. Yeah, oh, but but it, I think it set the mood for this semi final. <laughs> um, so I uh, I went with my family to Wembley. Me and my dad sat behind the goal, and my mum and my sister uh, were sat like in the upper tier, if you like. And it it is an amazing stadium. I've been. A couple of times since for other things. Um, it it doesn't look much on the outside, Wembley, but like it was just the, the sea of red and white, which just it like even before the game, I was I was expecting a close match, and I thought I thought we might win, but I wasn't conf you know hundred percent confident. So I was just like determined to enjoy, you know, the occasion, the day, whatever. Um, and now in the warm up, I remember just we, we got into the ground dead early just to like absorb the whole stadium. And I remember thinking like the Bolton players have been out warming up for a long time. And we came out, did like a five, ten minute warm up tops and went back in before them. It was a really strange thing that I think maybe only ever happened for this game. I don't know I don't know why that happened, but I think it clearly worked. Uh did you guys go to Wembley? Yeah, I did. I, I my I was just thinking about it in my head. My memory is we were um we stopped off at a tube stop before sort of the the match earlier in the in the afternoon or in the morning or whatever. I've got a, a really strange memory, which is nothing to do with Stoke City, of a random old Russian man sort of chatting up my mum in the pub. So <laughs> okay. there we go. Just wanted to share that. Nice. Um, yeah, this was probably, well, one of the best days of my life, probably. Like, yeah. I don't want to sort of oversell it, but you, football can, can do stuff to you. And, and yeah. this was a day that football did stuff to me. Yeah, just pure, <laughs> just... Oh my god! <laughs> it was just—it was exciting enough to be there yeah. at Wembley with Stoke and being like, "This is blooming amazing." And then, obviously, what happened? You just—you can't—you can't write it. You—you—you <laughs> <laughs> got your big cliche. In there. <laughs> now, game kicks off, and early on, Bol- Bolton, mm. for the first ten minutes, have have the pressure. They're they're coming towards our end, and they have a reasonable penalty shout. Mm. I think it would have been a soft penalty. Uh, Ben's was, pulling her face. It was, nah, no penalty. No Come penalty. On. Definitely. It, not. it was another one of those moments where Hoof and Shaw cross gra- yeah. holding, and it hits <laughs> Shaw. Yeah, hits Shaw or Hoof's it, hand. Yeah. Or Shaw crosses both hand. Both of them. Yeah, yeah. They're both about. Yeah. Aren't they? Kevin yeah. Davis was making a nuisance of himself, yeah. and As Kevin Sh- Shaw cross and Hoof just kind of relished that battle, <laughs> and then Stoke go <laughs> up the other end. There's some pressure. Bolton give it away sloppily towards the edge of their own area. And before we have time to think, oh, we're in a position to make something happen here, Etherington's whipped a shot out, <laughs> bottom right-hand corner, mm-hmm. and we're off. Ace. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, it's a, Matty Etherington scored some great goals for us, but I think that one is up there yeah. as one of the best. Not just because it looks nice, but in terms of the pure emotion of that goal. Yeah. Um, but yeah, because it, it comes from... Bolton giving the ball away in their own area, doesn't it? Yeah. They're trying to like pass it out from the back. And we're and pressing them quite yeah. out the pitch. Yeah. And it comes to yeah, as you say, Edrington, he turns, shoots, curls. Yeah. And I what I love is it's one of those where if you watch it on the highlights, they've got like a tiny camera in the corner of the net. And it hits the camera, and knocks oh, it over. Really? Yeah, yeah. And it's oh, fantastic! Yeah. It's brilliant. It's oh, I'm just feeling euphoric just thinking <laughs> yeah. about it. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, just really want to get onto the next goal, yeah. which <laughs> wasn't long after. Barely seconds had passed by when we get a Roy Delap long throw, and then there's a bit of uh, clearing. Mm. There's a bit of two and in half throwing. Clearing. Yeah, clearing, half clearing. Ball bounces up. For some reason, Who Robert Hooth is, is there, <laughs> and he just swings an almighty foot at it. Oh. An almighty German right yeah. foot. Bang, two 0 from nowhere, yeah. and you you can scarcely believe it. 
if you watch the highlights on YouTube, there's a slow motion of Huth watching the ball go in, and you just see this this army of Stoke fans just uh, rise up behind <laughs> yeah, him. Yeah, that angle is incredible. That was just there's so, there's so many like iconic images yes. from this game, um, and. We're two 0 up in a cup semi final. <laughs> what can possibly go wrong? I think it's at this point here. Again, I watched the highlights back, and it's there's there's a lovely like five minute uh, highlight on YouTube, and they cut to Tony Pulis, who turns round mm. like fist in the air, then realizes we're only two. Yeah, up. yeah, Arms he does. Yeah, he checks side. himself. Yeah. he doesn't let himself get carried <laughs> no. away. I think it's... I think that's how me and my dad and my, my family were like as well. Yeah. We're just like, right, it's two 0 so This is amazing, guys. So, but yeah. come on, don't go <laughs> really the top. There's a long way to go. <laughs> this yet. is Stoke. There's we're a watching long way Stoke. to go. Yeah. Um, but then, again, I think within half an hour, mm. we'd made it three 0 mm-hmm. Jermaine Pennant bombing down the right hand channel. And the pass to Jones oh my God. is fan- it's fantastic. It's it just... Possibly Jermaine Pennant's moment of his Stoke career. Def- definitely the, his best the, game. The run, the run down, because he gets the ball off Petrov or someone. Yeah. And for, I think and it's in our half. Yeah. And then just runs and runs and runs. And no one checks him. And then edge at box, <gasps> slips lovely. Slips it. Right through and to Kenwin Jones. Yeah. Just, he couldn't, you couldn't have, like... <laughs> Walks the ball oh, to a better man. position yourself. You couldn't. Yeah. Shakiri probably watches that that pass yeah. now, thinking, oh, "I wish I could do that." <laughs> yeah. So good. And then Kenwin, just it's not the best of first touches because he kind of yeah yeah. Oh, and then but then just the knocks it in, lovely. knocks it in, and then the celebration. Celebration. This, oh. Then it's like three 0 half time. <laughs> three, yeah. yeah. We can, just we just happy. just on that uh, pennant run up yeah. run up the wing. Tony Pulis follows him. <laughs> if you watch, if you watch the replay back of Pennant uh, bombing up the wing, Tony Pulis is like, "Run!" It's like, "Go on, go on, Jimmy, go on, Jimmy!" Slip, slips it through three oh, nil, and at half time, you know, I'm just shaking. I'm shaking yeah. like a shitting dog. Just, I, I cannot fathom what is happening in front of me. No, it just doesn't make sense at all. And all I can think of, if we don't win from here it's going to be the worst day oh, of my yeah. life it was ju- yeah I, th- I think everyone was turning around to each other being like what is going yeah ha- what- do I was you just believe it I've never I've never been three up in a match and been that nervous mm-hmm. it was just like something had to go wrong soon <laughs> they- they'd score and they'd get back into it and we'd be nervous or something and it- I-, I wish looking back that I'd have made the most of it at the time. I remember taking a photo of the scoreboard when we were three and up because I thought, well, we're never going to top this. You know? <laughs> but, yeah. And then you think, right, Botwin are going to come back because we need to be on our metal uh, second mm-hmm. half. Second half, I think they have one chance. Mm-hmm. And Johnny Walters. <laughs> he said this was his season. Oh, Bloody God. hell. One of the most mm. memorable... Brilliant Stoke goals. There's been ever. there's been some really really good goals at this at Wembley since it, the new one was built. But that has to be up there. in terms yeah. of he, he picks it up and runs for most of the Bolton half, cuts in on his foot as he has done so many times. But then that shot, the arc of it. the arc of the ball, and yeah. just to shoot from that distance requires a lot of power, and I'm. I'm in awe of footballers who can do like that daisy cutter kind of shot mm. where you can have such power on it and such precision and also for it to be a low shot. It's not like he's th- thrashed it into the top corner. It, it's beautiful. And this was where I was, right behind the goal. You just see it nestling. <laughs> 4-0. Johnny Waters is running over there to one side and just... <laughs> you just... I think, I think even the commentator said on the highlights again... Um, Sorry to bring them up so much, but he was like, in the four years of Wembley, mm-hmm. that is the best goal that's yeah. been scored so yeah. far. And yeah. maybe it's going to be the best goal ever at Wembley. <laughs> yeah. You heard it it's, first. It definitely is, in my opinion, anyway. Yeah. Oh, it's 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 up there, yeah. surely. Like, yeah. We, he, he will be remembered forever, I think, for this season in particular. But that goal, if you have to... If 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 you can only pick one John Walters moment, mm. I think that has got to be. I it. don't think he'll ever top that. No, because it it's just perfect. It is just perfect. The whole day was perfect, but that for John Walters, 
That's yeah. his peak. <laughs> I think Ireland fans might disagree with that, but oh, yeah. Stoke fans, we can have that. Um, but we kept going. Yeah. We, we pulverised them. It, it, it was it was bullying. It was a demolition job. <laughs> we held them on the ground and take took their wallets, and it was just fantastic. Mm-hmm. I think yeah, th- th- this was our. It must have been our strongest lineup. Yeah, and it was with that lineup. It was probably the best ever performance with that lineup. Yeah. And Bolton were just awful. Yeah, like, they, the they pressing complete, that we did constantly. Yeah, they completely froze under our intensity. Mm-hmm. And I, I did feel sorry for their fans afterwards because mm. uh, they were very gracious. Well, you, you can't not oh. be gracious in that situation, really, can you? No, but I would probably argue that Bolton have never recovered from that moment because yes. from that onwards has been the downward spiral to yeah. League One. Yeah. Now. Like, and, and you don't want to say that the, that match caused it, but mm. it's it's freaky that since, since that defeat. Yeah. And it was, it was sad for them because uh, f- not long before that game... Uh, Nat Lofthouse had died. Yeah. yeah. And if it wasn't against us, I'd have willed them to win yeah. like the the other semi-final, if you like, because mm-hmm. I, I and I was kind of like, I'm not like superstitious or anything like that, but I was thought of like, oh, the, the they'll do it for Nat Lofthouse yeah, kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. And yeah. but they just completely froze and as you say, Chris, they just from then they collapsed. Apart from when they beat us 5-0 the next season, <laughs> yeah. which I, I'll only bring yeah. up, I'll only temporarily bring it up purely to call out the guy in the Stoke end who uh, went to the match and he saw us outside, he said hello, he said, do you remember the 5-0, lads? And he's a Stoke fan. I said, oh, yeah, of course we remember the 5-0. He opened his jack up to reveal Aww. a shirt that said 5-0 printed on it. Oh, Can you imagine me and him boy. going home oh, after that game? God. <laughs> I'm a, you're a Stoke fan, you're wearing a 5-0 shirt because oh. I'm, 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 no offence to this guy if you're listening, but I think it's a bit of a dick move. Because <laughs> yeah. we did, we don't it's, hate Bolton, we don't have that um, kind of relationship with him, so going there wearing that shirt, oh, remember when we beat you kind of thing. I never, it's I, a little bit classless. I, so it is quite funny that he, <laughs> he's had to eat his words to the tune of 5-0. I never get things like that anyway. Like the, when we when we beat Liverpool over on Boxing Day a few years back, and then the next match you could get the scarves saying like the nightmare at the Brits Boxing Day. <laughs> oh god! Like, what, I don't know who buys them. Yeah. So I wonder uh, at one point he started to put his jacket on. He's, he must have like got the t-shirt out at the start of the game, being like, right, you get it, you get it, I get it, and then he's like slowly oh, oh, putting, no. putting his hoodie out. There. Oh, so yeah, but uh, back to the game, we're still only four in the lot now. Um, <laughs> God, we're, we're running out of time purely on this game. Um, if I had one like wish that would slightly alter the course of this mm-hmm. game, I think you know where I'm going with yep. this. Is the build-up to the fifth goal. Oh, man. Wilco. It could, it would have been the icing on the cake and then some, wouldn't it? Ben's, ben covers his eyes in horror. Oh, Wilco. That, you can't pick a better moment for him to have scored. And he fell over. It just, he, he's never in the box anyway. And he's just he surged into the box. He's made this amazing run. He just needs to connect properly. He falls flat on his face, inadvertently setting up John Walters for the fifth. So we scored the fifth anyway. We're all yeah. going mad. But like looking oh. back, oh, it would have been just perfect, there's, there's wouldn't a certain it? Your sense. first Stoke goal to round off a 5-0 win at Wembley. There's a certain sense of injustice that Ryan Shotton has scored multiple goals for Stoke <laughs> and Andy Wilkinson never Bless did. Bless him. Surely his mind must go back to that moment. Yeah. Yeah. As- now that he's retired, he must be thinking sometimes, oh, oh I really He wish. had a great career and uh, you went to his testimonial, Chris. Yeah, I did. And did see him stick on away. Him. Yeah, but I don't, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's quite it's not quite the same, same, same as reverence. what could have been. Yeah. But but at the end of the... Yeah, that's like... It's in a in a 99.9% perfect day, that's the 0.1% where yeah. you're just like, oh, I'd have liked the different player to have scored the fifth, <laughs> which is the most kind of, uh, you know, first world problems kind of thing in terms of football uh, supporting. <laughs> so we just won 5-0 at Wembley. Yeah. I just, all right, I, weren't it? Yeah. And I believe at full time, I said for the second time in my life, I love football. <laughs> just out loud, just said it. Um, I just walking back in this kind of 
days walking back to the tube just like thinking what the hell has happened but uh, there was Bolton fans in like tears like coming <laughs> they don't laugh but they were coming up to to us and shaking our hands oh. saying oh you guys were fantastic like but the Bolton fans we met after the game were just mm. like so gracious and so nice and there was a great chant of uh, we only hate Man United coming from the Bolton pub where we all walked past <laughs> and they, they all wished us luck for the final and it was just kind of an acceptance that yeah. at that time we were two clubs and about the same level and it had to be one of us mm. and the better team you oh, know God. completely won mm-hmm. um, and this and at this point under Tony Pulis I think this was the best mm-hmm. like run that Tony Pulis's teams have ever had because this was in a great run of the league where we'd like smashed Newcastle 4-0 mm-hmm. and stuff like that it was just an unbelievable time and the sun was out <laughs> Wembley uh, should we just take a moment <laughs> yeah that was good yeah <sighs> what a day yeah what a day oh well and then uh, that's it isn't it yeah Thank you very much for listening to this. (laughs) What an ending. No, no, we'll uh, we'll, uh, mention the final. Because I... Look, I I don't really know what I think about the final. On the one hand, I'm disappointed because uh, we weren't really Mm -hmm. in the game. On the other hand, I'm very proud because we were on our last legs... uh, Fuller was injured. Etherington and Hooth yes. were crocked but started anyway. Yeah. And they couldn't have as much impact on the game as they could. Uh, Thomas Sorensen was fantastic. <laughs> Plucking a save from Balotelli just before half-time that is one of the best saves that I've ever seen. Um, you can almost imagine Balotelli sort of taking his top off and having Why Always Me again. Yeah. Because the save was that good. He's like, how, how on yeah. earth does he save that? Yeah, we we fought valiantly, but it just, yeah, we just didn't have the quality. They they had. This was the first trophy they'd won well, over that, the Arabs. That was, I was going to say, like, this was, it meant a lot to Man City because, yes, this was the new era for them and they were trying to prove something. And obviously they'd go on the next season and win the league, but this was the first real test for Roberto Mancini. Yeah. And if only we'd have been Wigan a few years later. Oh. When... I, I, I was just, that, that <laughs> thought just went through my head and I was like, I'm hoping no one brings that up. Uh, I don't want to think about that. Yeah, yeah, it's just jealousy, isn't it? It, it, <laughs> it, 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 just, is. it is. But to sound like Tony... The, the millions and pa- millions of pounds yeah. they have in their squad. We like, brought we brought Danny Pugh off the bench. Exactly. And they brought oh, uh, they oh. brought they brought Adam Johnson off the bench. But we'll uh, skirt past <laughs> that. Um, yeah, I think we like, just as you, you yeah they they had Tevez, Balotelli, yeah. Silva, Yaya yeah. Torre, uh, Nigel De Jong, Nigel De Jong. <laughs> he was decent. Oh no, he what no, company exactly. Joe Hart. Yeah. Uh, and the closest we got was Kenwin. I I don't <sighs> now. Pe- at the time, I thought, oh, he's missed one there. I think it's just good goalkeeping. I, I don't lay too much blame at Ken Winston, or maybe he could have gone around him. I, th- yeah. I think, I think it was a bit of a, rabbit in the headlights, kind of. Yeah, I, he, I feel like he definitely could have scored it. Like, like mm. it is good, it is good goalkeeping, but literally a, fl- a flick to the right would have, would yeah. have scored it. Like, no goalkeeper but, scores that in those situations no. if you can just sort of get your foot around it. But then that's the difference, I suppose, between the budgets and the type of players that we were dealing with at that time. Like. Eight million pounds on Kenwin was our record fee, and they had Carlos Tevez, who yeah. genuinely was a world class. Oh, he player. Was, yeah. on the day and like silver on that day as well. Oh god, yeah. So incredible. like, like the, the yeah, we would have had to have played at our very very best and had our players at That's peak fitness thing. to mm. even contemplate winning That's that game. Yeah. That was disappointing and, on the day, wasn't yeah. it? Because we did look tired. And everyone, yeah. oh, I think and all the Stoke fans knew that we were tired. I think there, there was a feeling of flatness within the Stoke fans as well. I think, like, in terms of creating an atmosphere during the game, I don't I don't want to sound harsh, <laughs> but I, I think there was just this sense... Because it was such, like, a tense occasion and it wasn't a game where we're going to belt out Delilah for the whole 90 minutes because it just wasn't that sort of day. Uh, I think there was just a feeling that we were kind of uh, all played out to an extent, you know. We'd we'd gone as far as we possibly could and maybe if Kenwin scored it would have been different, but 
Who knows? Mm, yeah. I just remember the as you mentioned before the Etherington and Hooth injuries. I remember in like the weeks leading up to the final being like, Is Etherington gonna be back? Yeah, is that was it. Is Hooth gonna Is entering? Yeah. Like, obviously he's like he's back, but yeah. he's yeah. not really he's not really back. Etherington got injured in the game against Wolves where uh load of dickheads in the Wolves and uh, sang You're Not Going Wembley at him when he was being stretched Oh, oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, he did go Wembley and Wolves didn't, so, you know, <laughs> uh, There was a company hand ball as well. He, he, his, the ball came down and uh, he sort of juggled it a bit and it, that was that yeah, was probably a penalty. My, my, I don't have that many real memories from the fact, like, I can't remember too he, much of the match. No. no. Uh, it kind of, kind, kind of goes into a blur for me. It's literally just that Kenwin Jones yeah. chance and I remember. I, I, I couldn't bring myself to watch highlights of it or anything like that. That was another thing I was going to bring up because <laughs> I remember we had the semi-final highlights on the yeah. Sky Plus box mm. and we had the final ones. We mm. obviously recorded it automatically. Mm. We recorded the game automatically and I think the final ones got either deleted or they were there just unwatched. And the, I think the semi-final ones might still be on, <laughs> yeah. on the box because at the time we were like, oh, let's just watch it again. Yeah. Um, oh, wow. So... Torre scores, uh, just blasts a volley through, a, a, not a half volley through, a, a crowd of players, and and that's that. Would, I, have, would have been offside with the new rules, by the way. Oh, well, yeah, Tevez. Because Tevez was an offside. I, that was my Injustice. thing, and when I got home, I was like, he's offside, kind of. Someone would have saved him if he wasn't there. Yeah, yeah. someone <laughs> correct this. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, there was def- definitely the best team one, and... Were it not for Sorensen, it would have been a, a le- less respectable scoreline. <laughs> and at full time, there were just... I remember getting quite emotional. Not that we'd lost, but when we were singing There's Only One Tony Pulis, mm. and Tony Pulis came over. And it was just just so, pure solidarity between team and players. Mm. I don't think ever have we, we had that kind of camaraderie... <laughs> I'm talking about my generation. Like I've never like just the sense that all fans and team were as one. And like even the players who missed out, like Danny Higginbottom, I remember him being devastated at because he was another one. He he was a bit he was a miss for us. Um, And he he was being interviewed loads up until just saying how gutted he was. But there was just this team unity Mm -hmm. that unfortunately didn't bring a trophy, but. The brilliant thing about this run mainly revolves around the semi-final and how good that was. Because no, ma- just after the game, you're walking back, you're disappointed, but you just think, yeah, we, we had the semi-final. Oh, oh wow. yeah, but, but we'll be back. <laughs> I just want to... Uh, Next week for another podcast. No? <laughs> <laughs> I just want to read you something uh, from a book called The Final. Uh, Stephen Foster is a... It's a great late Stoke writer who uh, tragically died uh, shortly around the, uh, shortly after the release of this book, I believe. Um, he's written a book called She Stood There Laughing, which is about him and his son and uh, their relationship and going to watch Stoke games when we're in the championship. And it, this is a very short book. It's available like electronically only, I think. But it's just uh, about his experience of going to Stoke's first ever FA Cup final and all that entails. And he's uh, picked out a quite profound passage from the Oatcake Message Board, if you can believe that. Um, <laughs> this is from Joe Inals, who travelled in from Australia. For me, the most important part of the day is that we were all there. Standing by Wembley Park Tube Station and looking up Wembley Way was a special moment in my life. When we were very little kids, me and Hoppy used to play Nogger and pretend to be Stoke in the FA Cup final. Seeing him outside the ground was very poignant indeed. For all those moments alone, it was well worth it. And that just sums it up, really. It was just 148 years we've been going at that point, and that was our first cup final. It was good, wasn't it? That run. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I feel, it's, I'm it's always. a little bit emotional. I know, yeah. I was going to say. I mean, the, the talk of the Tony Pulis chant and then that, yeah. I'm going to be crying in the yeah. street in a second. Oh, God. Uh, we'll have to uh, get out of here soon. So, <laughs> Stoke City 2011 FA Cup finalist. Hopefully, uh, that honours board will say winners very soon. Thank you very much for listening to this special edition of the Wizards of Dribble podcast. Thank you, Chris, for joining me. Thank you very much, Dave. Thank you, Ben. Thanks, guys. Uh, follow us at Wizards of Dribble. Go on, Stoke. You cannot believe how 
the place has taken off because of the FA Cup and because of what we've done. We've brought this community together again and, and given you know, them the, the opportunity of going to a Wembley final, which they haven't had for years. It's been great for everyone, I think. People have gone into it and not really expecting that they could get to a final. It was basically just trying to get to the next round and, and see where we can go. But uh, the manager that we've got, we, he wanted to go on a, a good cup run. And if we can get to the final, we win it. So hopefully we can do that.